Hi, I'm Victor Armstrong. I am Director of the North Carolina Division of Mental Health, Developmental Disabilities and Substance Abuse Services. I am by training a social worker. I am uh, a mental health advocate. And, and I share all those things because I think we're all kind of the total sum of all of those parts, everything that brought us to this, this place where we are now. So a lot of, the, a lot of my focus is not just on uh, mental health treatment and, and, giving, and providing access to mental health services, but it's about raising awareness uh, around mental health issues. It's about uh, reducing stigma around mental health. Because I think at the end of the day, in my role, it is about um, creating resources and access to behavioral health services for all North Carolinians. While our focus is primarily on the underserved, um, those who receive Medicaid or are uninsured, in many ways we chart the path and, and set the stage for how mental health is viewed throughout the state. And that includes um, areas of equity and inclusion where traditionally those may not have been things that we have really focused on or dialed in on. A lot of our focus, uh, particularly over the last year or so, has been around equity and particularly racial equity. For me, whether you think of um, issues in terms of race, ethnicity, and culture, or whether you're thinking about uh, socioeconomic challenges, equity really comes down to allowing any group of people, any historically marginalized community to live up to its full potential. And I think where the, um, where the merge is between race and ethnicity and socioeconomic status is when you look at who are predominantly uninsured in this country, it is black and brown people. When you look at people who are um, living at the lower end of the socioeconomic spectrum, it is black and brown people. So at the end of the day, it's hard to, to separate the two. Now, I think the other question, the challenge I think we often have is that we think in terms of, uh, we think of, of racism or systemic racism. We think of it as in terms of a, uh, a good and bad binary, that you're either uh, not racist and you're a good person or you're racist and you're a bad person. I look at it very differently. I look at uh, systemic racism not as something you assign to an individual. Systemic racism to me is um, it's a power differential. Consider the fact that um, black people um, report psychological stressors at 20% a 20% higher rate than white people. But at the same time, black people are less likely to initiate mental health services and more likely to terminate mental health services prematurely. They're more likely to enter the mental health system in the back of a police car or uh, in a hospital emergency room, which, neither of which are conducive to good outcomes or building a good relationship with the mental health system. When you consider all those things and then consider the reasons why, one of the reasons is that um, services, outpatient services, community resources, traditionally have not been located in communities where black and brown people live. And if you've got to take a bus, um, three buses, to get to your initial appointment. You're less likely to make that appointment. You're more likely to terminate that appointment prematurely. Consider also that when you, when you think about why there are more stressors for black and brown people, um, obviously social, socioeconomic challenges do impact mental wellness. People who are impoverished, people who are incarcerated, people who are uh, experiencing domestic violence are much more likely to have psychological stressors than those who are not. And then when you come back to um, that, that power differential, you think about who has access to resources, who has access to services. Now looking at it from the perspective of someone in my position who um, is looking at it from an aggregate um, system, from a, from, a, from a state system, 
You've got a nice perch at this kind of 30,000 foot level. Yeah, you know, yeah. You can see this whole thing for what it is, right. really, if you want to. And, cause, and consider also that throughout my career, I've worked in community behavioral health. I've worked on the payer side. I've worked on the, on, the, on the private side. And one of the things that I have learned is that we think in terms of aggregate numbers. We can create resources that may be accessible to 75, 80% of the population. And that makes us feel like we've done a really good thing. But you can have resources accessible to 75% of the aggregate population and still miss 75% of the black population or 75% of the Latinx population or 75% of the Native American population. That's where that socioeconomic uh, construct, that power differential comes into play. If we look at where suicide rates are trending, um, one of the highest rising rates is among uh, African-American males, young African-American males. When we ask ourselves the question why, I think that we have to think about, first of all, what suicide is. And I think when we think of suicide, we tend to think of suicide as the ultimate disease. Suicide itself is not a disease. Suicide is the worst possible outcome of the culmination of a lot of very complex things, often including uh, mental health challenges, which goes back to uh, some of the socioeconomic factors. So when we think about why rates of suicide in are increasing in black and brown communities, you can't separate that from uh, historic racism, racism, which has included race-based exclusion from education, from, from jobs, from housing, and those things tend to take a toll on a community. And then you look at even over the past year, when we think in terms of uh, what's occurred uh, during the pandemic, um, I also I tend to think of uh, the pandemic not just as uh, the coronavirus itself. I think of it as uh, the total sum of uh, both what the pandemic has caused and some of the health disparities it's highlighted, but I also think of it as a span of time. So when I look at this, this coronavirus pandemic era that we've been in, um, I think about the past 13 months, which have included the deaths of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, all these things that we have experienced, and all of these things culminate. It's very difficult for us, um, as part of human nature, to really separate out things, to separate out stretches of time. And so as we look back over this past year, even though we may think about the coronavirus pandemic, our collective feeling about this past year is going to include all of those things. And so for black and brown people, when you look at all of the stressors, uh, when you look at black and brown people dying disproportionately at the hands of law enforcement, when you look at the health disparities, when you look at the, the poverty issues, when you look at some of the political rhetoric that has occur occurred over the last several years, all of those things culminate into more stressors on black and brown people. Now again, when you think about access to care, and if you think about the fact that suicide is not the disease, but it's a culmination of a lot of things, then where our focus has to be is on prevention. Our focus has to be on how do we get upstream. If you don't have access to those upstream resources in your community, you are ultimately going to be more susceptible to the worst possible outcome, which is suicide.